Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Lee, and this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right into it this week. So we got a little bit of news for you guys. Um, I'm particularly excited about one bit of news, but uh, let's go ahead and share what you found first. Okay, so first thing I found was that uh, apparently the Rising of the Shield Hero novels are going to get a gourmet spin-off manga. <laughs> Good! So apparently there's, a plan, apparently there's a plan for a manga series that uh, features uh, the, the Shield Hero uh, cooking um modern dishes for the uh for his fantasy girls his um okay. uh Talia and philo and the like okay um i wonder if it's gonna have kind of the same feel as uh you know there, there was that uh anime i watched a restaurant to another world whereas basically yeah. Our uh, a restaurant to our from our world happened to have a magical door, and that once a week, that magical mm-hmm. door connected to fantasy realms, mm-hmm. and the lucky few who found this door in their own realm would come mm-hmm. and try our modern cuisine. And it was just kind of funny. It was just kind of fun mm-hmm. watching that show because it was always about. You know, the, the, these fantasy people who lived in a desert their whole life never knew what water could taste like with ice mm-hmm. cubes in it. Or a, uh, a the dwarves mm-hmm. drinking craft beer that they've never had. Um, there is another manga that's very similar to that one, but instead of it being a door taking them to our world, it's a um, the restaurant itself is in a fantasy world. Uh-huh. In the middle of a city, and all sorts of people come and visit and visit in it in that city. Um, okay. And I'm trying to remember what it's called, but like, there's a door it's, that it's, takes them to Tokyo. I also know that I don't know anything about it except the very, very descriptive name. I know that there is a uh, the hero started a pizzeria with his elf wife in another world. I have not read that one. No, sir. Um, just one. Just one of those very. Very descriptive um, manga titles. Mm-hmm. I see so many words that can get away with fitting into a manga title. Don't seem to see it right now. Oh, hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll have to find it later. I'm not seeing it, but there's another manga that I read recently that's that's like that. It may have been purchased, so it may have been taken down from the site that I that I read it from. Um. But there's but like um, uh, delicious in dungeon, uh, which we've talked. Well, I've talked. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show before. No, but it's so. uh, every chapter is them turning some kind of a monster into a meal. Um, they're trying. They're trying to get down to like the fifth or sixth floor of this dungeon before the main character's sister is digested in the stomach of a dragon, mm-hmm. and they don't have the supplies or the money to buy supplies, so they decide to survive off of eating the monsters on their way down. Um, it's actually pretty delightful. It's a fun, it's a really fun manga to read. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, okay. so yeah, no, I just found it. Um, well, what I was talking about, 
the uh, the hero and his elf bride open a pizza parlor in another world. Send that one to me because that was one that I think that I wanted to read, but I couldn't. Uh, it sounds familiar to me, but I don't think I ever actually marked it down for one of the ones that I want to read. Okay. I don't, anyway, I, I, did, um, I, I did not find where you could read it. I just found a um, uh, an image oh, okay. of the cover. And so I just linked you to an image of the cover. Okay, cool. I will go ahead and check it out when I get the chance. Anyways, right. um, so so that that yeah, so I there's mean, a whole there's a whole subgenre oh, yeah. of there's of, a lot of uh, foodie mm-hmm. anime manga. Um, and so uh, I just learned this today. It came up in my news feed. But One Punch Man is getting a fighting game. And if you think to yourself, why on earth would anybody pick anyone but Saitama in a One Punch Man fighting game? Well, there's a mode in this game. Uh, where the game asks you to survive until Saitama arrives to finish off your opponent. Oh. Actually, that's not, that's a pretty good idea for a game, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's also a lot like the show. <laughs> yes, 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 it is. It, that's exactly, that's exactly Genesis' um, character arc. His survive. Oh, here it is. I just found it. Uh, sorry, the manga I was just talking about. Uh, Isekai Iz- Izakaya Nobu. And that's uh, Isekai, you know, different world. Uh, Isakaya is a bar where you can also get food. Uh, uh-huh. as a, uh, um, so, like, you'll see you'll see a lot of, like, in a lot so of animes, and, people so go there and order the massive, you know, the pints of beer and just get yeah. food and stuff. That's that's an Isakaya. Uh-huh. And Nobu is the name of the restaurant. Um okay. Yeah, it hasn't updated in a while. Actually, I guess it was about a month ago. Lost it up. It updated, but yeah. no, it's a it's a fun it's a fun manga. Anyways, so no, I think that's a really good idea for the. I'm I'm not a fan of fighting games, so I probably won't pick this up. But uh, I think that's a really good idea to kind of work around Saitama's overpoweredness to where you have to pick other people, mm-hmm. and Saitama just arrives at the end of it to finish it off for you because that's exactly what happens in the manga over and over and over again. Yeah, I, unless I you're actually, Tatsumaki. Yeah, I, I had the thought that you know if you're like like I think they actually did this for Injustice is that um, you pl- you play as Batman and you have to work your way towards Superman and uh-huh. beat him because he's turned evil. Um, because if you start if you play a fighting game and you are Superman, you're just going to keep winning. And well, it's, not, in, it's, not, it's kind of boring. In Injustice, there's like magic, like there's magic or something like that. I can't remember what it is, but it puts other people on Superman's level. It does. That's and that's how they work it into that fighting game. But anyways, right? Like but, I said, I'm not, but, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too much into fighting games myself, um, other than Smash Brothers. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah. So that's okay. what I found. Then you got one more piece of news you just pretty added before we started recording. Yeah, and I uh, I found this a little earlier today, and. Um... They they had just uh, dropped a uh, promotional poster for this, and uh, My Hero Academia season four premiere date has been confirmed as October twelfth. So we're just a few months away. That's exciting. I love My Hero Aka. It's such a great show. It really is. Um. All right. So that's it for the news. Let's go ahead and move right in. And I need to apologize. I uh, I messed up. Uh, I watched the wrong season of this show. Uh, so we're recording this a day late after I got caught up. So tonight I'm probably not going to say too much because I don't want to slip up and talk about season two. <laughs> um, because a lot of the surprises that you find out, like you, like they, they, like 
in episode three where they've got that book and she says, oh yeah, this is Midsummer's book or whatever. Uh-huh. Like this, I found this online. I like the, on the electronic ocean is what she calls the, the internet. Yes. Um, I already know who Midsummer is. Oh. Okay. I already know who that is. That character. Okay. Huh? They've yeah. already introduced that character by then? Well, they have already here too, but I'm not going to say who it is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. Like, and, it, it was a great season two because it just kind of flowed into things. It just kind of, I honestly felt like it was season one of a show because it just, anyways, anyways, it, it just had a great flow to it. Everything uh, was, it, it was a good introduction to the characters that they had already established in the previous season. Right. I got a, I got a real good per- view at their real personalities and whatnot. But anyways, I'm not going to spoil anything. Let's go ahead and talk about your pick for Kill Annie month, since this is week four of our Kill Annie month. Um, yep. And, uh, go ahead and, uh, tell us what you picked and give us a description. All right. So this week we picked love, Chinibo, and other delusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the description reads, um, from Crunchyroll, <coughs> Yuta Tagashi has a problem. He used to be a Chunibyo one of the thousands of Japanese students so desperate to stand out that they've literally convinced themselves that they have secret knowledge and hidden powers. But now that he's starting high school, he's determined to put aside his delusions and face life head-on. The trouble is, Rika Takanashi, his upstairs neighbor, is just a bit delusional herself, and she knows all about his past indiscretions. Yep. <laughs> so when we're first introduced to our main character they kind of go into a uh uh yuta they, they talk about how yuta used to be a chionpu a chinibyo chinibyo yeah, a chinibyo. yeah i'm gonna get that pronunciation i should have practiced how to pronounce that before recording this podcast but um he uh he was heavily involved in making um in this make-believe where he had dark powers and had a sword and a, and a trench coat of some kind. Mm-hmm. And, um, like the first day of school of middle school, he, uh, when he, everyone's standing up and introducing himself, he introduces himself by rolling up the sleeve of his trench coat and saying that these bandages can never be taken off. It's going into this thing. Like, and nobody talked to me for the rest of the day, my middle school life. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he's thinking, so he's thinking back to all this time, and he's he starts rolling around in his bed. Forget it, forget it, forget it. Just die, die, die. Just... <laughs> he is so embarrassed with his past self. He is he really so embarrassed. Is. He really is. Um, but the whole time I was thinking that, I was just thinking about you know how how the main character of when supernatural battles become commonplace. The kid with the dark and dark power. Uh huh. Um, how he wanted this so bad. He wanted this in his life so bad that he was a chunibyo. Uh huh. That he 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 wanted point... superpowers so badly that he he got them and they were the worst superpowers in the world. They were so useless. It was a fire that doesn't generate heat at all. 
It's just black flame. It's decorative it only. Doesn't but even he decor- loves it. it, it he loves even, it so much. It doesn't even produce light because it's a black flame. Uh, yeah, no light, no heat. It doesn't function as anything useful in terms of just looking neat. And the, he loves it so, with such first a thing he does. dirty passion. First thing he does every morning is he says good morning, dark and dark, as he looks at his flame. And then at night, the last thing he does is good night, dark and dark. <laughs> yes. He, he, he like strokes it like a cat or something. He just loves his loves his firepower that does nothing. And he goes, and then yeah. You know, anyway, highly recommend when supernatural battles become commonplace. That show deserves a season two. Yes, I should probably try to find the manga for that. That that's that was delightful. Anyway, um, so he's uh, he's clearing out his room and is trying to throw away all of his past remembrances and he's getting rid of every all of these things and putting them in boxes and putting them out his bedroom window so they'll take him out to the garbage later because he's living in a three-story apartment complex and his window is right by the uh, a walkway that leads out um And then as he's cleaning up that night, he sees a girl in a very, very frilly... um, A Lolita outfit. Lolita tutu uh, skirt. Just Mm -hmm. um, climbing down a rope out his window. uh, Just outside of his window. And she's sitting there and she's wearing an eye patch. Mm -hmm. Little black hair. She's got it in kind of a side ponytail. Um, yeah, in a big old Lolita dress, poofy skirt, everything. Um, and, uh, they just, yeah, they make eye contact. But, like, he's out there, and he gives that little speech again. His, his, uh, he, and that's when she catches on. Like, right at the very beginning when he's trying, oh, wait, no, 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 he doesn't. My bad, my bad. That's not when that happens. Yeah, I'm thinking about something else. Yeah, Um, so no, so she, so he sees her. And she asks him, did you see it? And he assumes she means his, her mm-hmm. panties. Which makes the next question even more awkward because he, he says, no, no, no. And she says, would you like to? Like, what? Which I have to just assume that she meant something in a fantasy realm that, that somebody would need to... Uh, Mm-hmm. Like some villain needed defeating, and that's why she's climbing out the window with uh, this rope. Something going on. Anyway, and in, he blink. He sees her eye patch, and something flashes, and she's gone. Mm-hmm. And he looks around, doesn't see her, and just shrugs it off. And he's getting ready for his first day of school. Well, Goes no, down- he, he leans over the balcony because she's. Going back down the rope, she keeps. She's going down to the the bottom floor. Yeah, he, he, yeah. That, she's not good at climbing down the rope. Nope. That's Mm-mm. part of the joke is that she kicks him in the face, and she and he ends up grabbing her feet and helping them find the railing, so that she can get more comfortable before mm-hmm. the conversation happens. And then she's climbing down, and she's she's not good at climbing down that rope. It's kind of adorable. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> Also, kind uh, of so the next morning he's getting ready for school, um, and he's trying to make his high school debut. Um, and he actually goes a long way to high school because he wanted to make sure he picked a school that none of his people from middle sc- the, from his middle school class would go to, because yeah. he wanted to leave that 
all in the past. And so he makes his way uh, to high school. Uh, but uh, he, on the way, he runs... Uh, he, he he's checks himself out in the mirror to make sure he's looking all right. And somebody mm-hmm. else gets the oh. same idea. Speaking and of they mirrors, head to head really close. He asks his sister what he looks like as he's getting ready for school. And she's just like, uh, normal? And he's like, yes, yeah, yes, that's right. It's normal. I look normal. And she's like, You're so weird. weird. <laughs> You're so weird, Onicha. Yeah. But she and him, uh, but yeah, then he goes, uh, and yeah, then he runs into that, the girl. They both are checking themselves out in the mirror. Not not like, oh, I look so sexy. They want to make sure they look nice. Yeah, in the it, it's just a, a last a last minute, you know, is anything out of place mm-hmm. check. Because this is first day of school. You are making your first impression. Mm-hmm. You want to look good. Same thing with a job interview. It's mm-hmm. a last minute check. Oh, but he, uh. And this this it's a girl he runs into and she's this beautiful brunette, long yeah. hair, uh, got uh, kind of has a the pink like, hair clip right in her bangs, pink That's hair kind of... clip holding her bangs out of her eyes, and then she's got kind of the side ponytail as well, um, and like oh he's like uh, he acts like a gentleman, lets her go first and check in the mirror, um, and uh, he then turns around and sees, I don't think we've learned her name yet, but her name's Rika. Yeah, he um, sees Rika, and Rika. Oh, she does the dumbest wearing the thing. same uniform. Well, he notices that the brunette is wearing the same uniform as uniform as well. Yes, but she's so distracting. I don't know if he noticed her uniform at that particular moment. He just notices that that girl from last night is standing there, and she then uses force powers to open the automatic doors on the train that we're going to open anyway. Okay, I know you said it's so stupid, but who hasn't done that? Who hasn't just pretended to be a Jedi, walk up to an automatic door, and? I do it all the time, and in fact, the, one of the reasons I still do it is because when I wave my hand in front of me, it means that the motion sensor is triggered three feet earlier than it would have been, mm. and so I and so I don't have to slow down to get through the door. That won't happen in Japan, uh, because as far as I know, you actually have to step on the mat for it to open. Yeah, that works on mats. So, what mm. I do is for uh, door sensors, like at the Walmart yeah, near yeah. Where, mm-hmm. where we're at. There's not a whole lot of mats where we are. Yeah. And it, and it wouldn't work on the train. Well, he'd have. it doesn't always work on train doors either. It has to be somebody pushing the button from the inside or outside where we're at. Mm-hmm. But when she does it, it's it's a Van Dammit maneuver where it's three, three dramatic camera angles and then all this steam and energy pours out of the door as it opens. And have she's talk- so serious about it. Have we talked about... Um... The Van Dammit maneuver before on this we show. Have. I think we have. We have. Yeah. It is a, it's a classic maneuver where they take the same action and show it from three different camera angles to emphasize the uh, the importance of the action. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's colloquially known as the Van Dammit maneuver because Jean Claude mm-hmm. Van Damme was known for ma- for popularizing it. I don't. I've only ever heard our family use that term. Like I, we learned it from our older brother Doug. I don't actually know if anyone else knows the term Van Dammit, but you know what? Whatever. I hope that we popularize. We, we will it. popularize Van it. It's the Van Dammit maneuver. It's, it right, deserves not, popularizing. Not maneuver. Maybe the Van Dammit uh, cut. <laughs> yeah. So whatever. Whatever. We can workshop it. Anyways. Yeah. So. The steam comes out and the door opens, and he's just like, "Oh, it opened." You, and Yuta's just so flabbergasted by the whole thing that he misses the train. He forgets he to get on the train, and the so he's doofus. running to school. 
trying to catch up. Like, why did I miss this train? I was standing right there. <laughs> and that's not the first time she makes him miss a train. No, that is the first time. Okay. That's not the it, last that's time. That's not the last time. Yes. That's not the last time she makes him miss a train. As he gets her can of 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 yeah. Mr. Peter. Mr. Peter. In not the Dr. Pepper, Pepper Mr. Peter. Yes. It's very, very much their version of Dr. Pepper. Oh, and I can't wait to talk about that scene because how she gets that can and why is great. Anyway, it's great. So he, makes it to school, so he makes it to school and he's there a little early before the uh, the opening ceremony. Just barely makes it. Just barely makes time. it. But he, he gets his stuff together, makes it to the opening ceremony um, and sees the girl that uh, he saw at the... Um, uh, who, the okay, brunette, he, the pretty girl. The, yeah, you wrote her name down in your previous notes, but I don't. I'm not saying I them. deleted those previous notes you because I was those so. Let me you, let me go ahead and pull up. Um, uh, let's. I'll, I'll try to. You keep talking. I'll try to find a wiki. So okay. That so he so he sees her in the crowd and then sees her again in the classroom and notices that she's the first person to make a uh, to make her announcement. But I think before they were started even introducing, I, I don't know if remember the order of operations, whether it was as they were introducing each other or after they had introduced themselves. Um, Utah becomes fast friends with the uh, kid sitting beside, behind him, Makoto. And Makoto just invites him out for uh, to eat lunch with them and hang out. And uh, Utah is just so pleased to have people talking to him normally that he just doesn't want to screw this up mm-hmm. yeah, and that, yeah that's right that's what happens is he's just so pleased that that's the case then he then he realizes rika is in his class too mm-hmm. because rika decides that her magical mystical demon eye has determined that they have some f- shared fate together and they must and when her eye is in pain, it's informing her of a prophecy that, or just some some nonsense like that. Nibutani is her name. That's the that's the brunette, Nibutani. Mm-hmm. Nibutani. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's established in the class that Nibutani is the most beautiful, the most desirable. I mean, apparently the boys vote. <laughs> On who the best girl in the, like, yeah, top, ep- top girls in the class. Episode three, it's revealed. Like episode two, they're talking about doing a vote. Um, that you know that uh, took that um. So the boys uh, would vote on who these girls are, and like you can't do that if they find out. So then we'll be extra careful about them never finding out. Yeah, Yuta, that's his name. Yuta, Yuta does want to has does wants nothing to do with that vote. He's like, if they find out, they'll be so pissed. Um, but uh. Yeah, that the the guy who wants to join the music club. Um, yeah, yeah, so they, they hold a the, like. Yeah, that 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 happens in episode <laughs> two. Uh, yeah, they, they, they hold a secret vote uh, about girls, and she and episode three is revealed that uh, Nibutani won for the most desirable, yeah. uh, best girl in the class. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So what happens then is, um, uh, Rika starts crying out in pain about her eye and then she starts it seems to transition to legitimately crying out in pain yeah, about her yeah, eye like the, people are saying the well, the what, what are you like, talking about uh-huh she's like my eye my eye and then like, she's actually says my eye and it ends up hurting 
and uh, which probably because she pushed her hand into her eye, yeah, which is revealed later. Yeah, well, we're, we're getting to yeah. the scene what's going yeah. on with her she eyes. She pushes like she's pushing her hand into her eye into and she's, her bandaged eye, and yeah, for like Utah's super embarrassed. He wants nothing to do with her, but the she's rest like, of the class is the just rest of the class is just like, dude. Take her to the nurse. He's just like what, me, and I'm like uh huh. Yeah, the rest everyone of the class at the exact same time. Send him and her to the nurse's office. Like, Take her to the nurse's office. Yeah. So the so the scene then unfolds in the nurse's office where she where he hands her eye drop eye drop medicine, and she puts two drops in her hand and licks it, and then you know complains that it's bitter. And then, but it assumes that she did it correctly. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, one of the most dramatic scenes. It builds up to this, but in the most dramatic scene in the, the second most dramatic scene in this episode, um, she uh, reveals that, uh, like, um, so so she tempts him into asking him, having him ask her if he could see her eye. Mm-hmm. And when he's tricked into She's doing like, that. <laughs> you yeah. want to see my eye? I'll show it to you. Yeah, you want to see it? Yeah, fine. Show it to me. Yeah. And then, but then so she, she has so... such confidence in revealing her eye that he's tricked into believing maybe she's not crazy. Yeah. And, and in fact, there's a bit of a glowing effect, it seems like. And he's he, she stands up and starts walking towards him, which puts him off base off guard and he stumbles back over something that had been knocked over earlier mm-hmm. uh, and so he's on the ground <clears throat> oh yeah he is there is a montage reveals... of him of him yeah. picking on not picking on her but she keeps doing these tuning yo things and he's so embarrassed by it that like he i want to say this happens afterwards does it happen afterwards after what but i'm about to he, say I, th- I thought he tripped over that because it got knocked over because he was hitting her with it but uh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, keep Anyways, going. Yeah, so so she reveals as she try as she pulls up her eye patch and reveal and shows him this golden eye, the contact lens falls out. And she lo- uh-huh. starts looking around for the contact lens that she's been keeping in her eye for uh for these special effects. Why she probably hurt her eye because she was pushing against her eye patch and therefore pushing the contact lens into her eye. And this entire scene I kept Selfie thinking about when Kazuma met Megumin and started pulling on her eye patch because yeah. she's, she's wearing it for fun and not because she's actually, you know, sealing powers behind it. Like, you have this magical power that you can blow things up and you still have to be a Chunibyo in. They in exist Kona even Suba. in that world. She has magical powers and she still has to pretend she has more magical powers than she does. <sighs> Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, um, so Konosuba, it's the best. Oh, it's so good. But she, uh, yeah, she doesn't want to have the eye drops because she's like, these are drugs by this secret organization and they want to control me. And eventually he does force her to take the eye drops. Um, and then they have the opening ceremony. And the opening ceremony, uh, it's revealed that, uh, let me pull up her name again, uh, Nibutani uh, is the rep for the entire first uh, for the entire for the freshmen for the the yeah, tenth graders, she's like valedictorian first rep years. for the first years for the freshmen. Mm-hmm. Like she was best in her class or or made the top grade of the entrance exam or something. However, however that's decided, it's established that she's really smart. 
Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, but yeah, that, uh, I think that wraps up episode one. Yeah, that pretty much wraps up episode one. Um, well, no, 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 no. Um, did we, did we cover that he goes out on the balcony of the gym? And... I think that of episode two i don't think so because episode two begins with uh with toka chasing down rika with a ladle that's the very first thing i wrote down in episode two i'm pretty sure this happens at episode one okay. but he uh he um yeah he, he so goes to a gym when it's empty he goes to the gym goes out on a balcony and for balcony of some kind says his uh his introduction of like the dark flame master and he's just like and he like he does his pose and everything and he says goodbye to that yeah he he expels his past from himself Mm -hmm. expels his past from himself and she rika notices and that's when she starts talking to him about it and trying to bring him back into that world and he just he wants nothing to do with it um but uh episode three um starts off with uh so, my bad, thank you. Episode two, Rika is running from someone in the in at night. Yes, and you just see this uh, taller figure holding a silver something, yeah. chasing after her. And this silver something just eventually starts flying right at Rika's head. And the <laughs> next scene we see, uh, Rika's got a big bandaid on her forehead. Rika's got a big bandaid on her forehead, and uh, we learned that uh, that's her older sister. Yes, who's an absolute badass. Um and uh, uses a ladle and has this ladle on her at all times to put her apparently, sister in her place. Apparently, she's a professional chef. Yeah, she's a professional chef, is what they say. Uh, or was what not what they say, but yeah, she is a professional chef. They say that's her job. Um, yeah. but anyways, it's a tell didn't <clears throat> show yet in the first three episodes. Episode two, uh, and so we then cut to uh. To uh, to Utah and uh, and So Utah's having a dream. Cool together. Yes, it's pretty obvious he had dreamed pretty quickly on. Um, because Utah's having a very pleasant encounter with the girl he likes. Uh huh. And he splashes her, and she splashes him, and he splashes her some more, and she pulls out a super sucker, and he goes, "Stop it! Stop it!" And then suddenly she has a fire hose with a you with the truck pumping water and she's hosing him down with that it's like why are you doing yeah, this it's just over and over and over again and then he it cuts to him in bed and he's being sprayed with water yeah, and he wakes up and it's Rika spraying his face with water and this is just like we'll go ahead and cover this again in episode three but uh he's got to lock his window yeah, he's he got does. to lock his window because there's there's so many instances where he just wakes up and there's a girl in his room that's climbed through his window. The girls end up in his room pretty frequently, even just in this episode. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, what happened? No, it's. Um, okay. So. Rika and Yuta go to the train station. To go to school. And Rika is try- trying to convince um Yuta about the secret organization that's been trying to uh that she's been f- 
trying to fight against has been thwarting her at every turn and how her sister is actually a secret agent of this organization and this, that, and the other thing. And one day she will be able to defeat her. And one of the secret ways of getting power was through the vending machine is that she wanted to buy a soda. But the soda that she's trying to buy is a very particular... um, It has to be bought in a very particular way. And so at the vending machine... Rika starts going up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, and then gets the soda. And she's spending so much time doing this, they miss their train mm-hmm. again. <clears throat> yep. And so it turns out, and that's, that's when she picks up the Mr. Peter, Dr. Pepper. The Mr. Peter. And they win a second can. Like the the yeah, which she claims it's thanks to her secret code that she entered in. Yes, um, and she says that B A stands for like banana and then apricot. So you banana. have to keep it mm-hmm. or or something. I don't. I think, think it's apple. Maybe uh-huh. have been apple. But the idea is you have to keep track of where the banana drink is and where the apple drink is when you do the B A combo because mm-hmm. that can change. It's like she entered in the Konami code into a vending machine. Yep. Because that's the, that is the biggest teenage thing I can even think of. Possibly. Uh, so he, uh, in this episode, it's revealed that um, <clears throat> that uh, Rika has found a cat. Yes. Um, but, of course, it's not a cat to her. It's a mythical creature that she has tamed. And go ahead and... You wrote this down, so I'll go ahead and let you talk about it. So this cat appears wearing a get-up that has wings and a snake tail. So she calls the cat a chimera. It's clearly a costume. Anybody looking at it would think it's an adorable little costume on a cat. Uh... And that's when yeah. they run into uh, what's what's the name of the the uh, girl the, who who thinks the, they the, the cat belongs. Yeah, the senpai who thinks the cat belongs to her. Uh, Kumin. Kumin. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't write her name down, but yeah, Kumin. Um, later on, they find out that Kumin is missing a cat that ma- matches a similar description. Mm-hmm. The problem is. Uh, Kumin, um, while the description matches, um, Yuta is very serious about the description that he's giving, and Rika is less helpful, because she won't stop injecting her fantasies into the description of the cat that they're, uh, describing. But eventually they talk her into uh, coming over and seeing the cat and they mm-hmm. bring the, so they bring her over and the cat and they finally make, oh, a major oh. plot point that happened what had to do with, um, no, it was on the way home. It was on the way home that they missed the train back. And so they ended up having, so they ended up getting home late. And because they got home late. Rika wasn't home to receive boxes that were mailed to them. Yep. So a whole bunch of boxes mm-hmm. ended up in uh, in Utah's well, front uh, front walkway. 
I think we also need to point out that um, at the very beginning, Utah noticed the the bandage on uh, after like he she's after Rika sprayed him awake. Uh, uh, Utah. Uh, that's when he noticed the bandage. Noticed the bandage. And she's like, and she talked about the the priestess that she lives with, her older sister, um, and uh, how uh, the priestess uh, can't handle her new chimera. And he's like, oh, so your sister's allergic to cats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that's established. But what happens is, um, so, so there's this whole big thing about her room being, uh, his house being flooded with her stuff. And she bon- and he bonks her repeatedly while talking to somebody else about this karate that's, stuff. That's, still over that's a fairly famous gif. Well, I don't want to say famous, but it's a recognizable gif where he's just like bonking her on the head as he's talking to his little sister. Um, yeah. yeah, so he's like, well, oh, well, yeah, I was supposed to be here at three to meet them. And it's like, you know, six o'clock at night. So hours, yeah. hours late. They, they would have made it if she hadn't been so busy trying to get the Konami code into the vending machine. Because mm-hmm. they got left out, uh, let out early today because it was the first day of school. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So they definitely would have been there in time for the uh, for the packages. Um. But. But she wasn't. So now they have to lift all those packages and take them up an extra floor. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, and and he, as he looks at each pack, as he, as as Utah looks into each package, he sees all this memorabilia and junk uh-huh. and, and uh stuff like it's just, it, it was just the essentials how is this essential everything here is important and she's pulling out like random garbage and stuff yeah. well we come we see them we we enter her room later in that episode uh-huh and and we see how he's um how she's feng shuied her room and made it look real nice and he gets really interested in this uh, i think it's like a luger with a uh um, I forget what it is, but, it, race, but it's a, but a it, pretty interesting looking World War One gun or something yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they bring Kumin over because Kumin uh, is looking for her lost cat. Yes. Um, and it turns out she see uh, like she finds um, Ch- uh, Chimera, even though Chimera is uh, you know, yeah, yeah, her you, you perfectly just... blended in with the environment. Yeah. Rika claims that no that mere mortals can't possibly see uh, Chimera because it's blended in so well with uh, all of the other miscellaneous things in their in her room, which includes huge plushies and I think a fair uh, a sarcophagus pharaoh head or some uh, yeah yeah there was a pharaoh's head, head uh-huh. or something uh-huh. and just all kinds of stuff all over her room. It's like a, and apparently she's t- spent a lot of time figuring out the proper feng shui of all the junk in her room. So. She never has to clean because everything is everything is put in her room in a very specific way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then they see, and then like see the cat in the chimera costume, and the cat meows like oh, you can see the chimera. <laughs> and she's like, brain. Yeah, um, unfortunately for for Kuman, it's not her cat. Um, but uh, it's then that uh, you know. Uh, I I think it's at that point that we're introduced to uh, to Toka. Actually, yes, it's at, it's at that point. So so uh, Yuta is holding Chimera so that the other friend can uh, identify whether it is her cat or not, and she does, and she says it's not. And it's at that moment where the three of them, with Yuta holding the cat, 
that's when Toka comes in and says, whose cat is this? <laughs> and she's terrifying at first. Like she's just, you just see this black outline of her. And it then cuts to, um, we see Rika and Chimera sleeping on Rika's bed. And it's now at their living room. And Toko's just like, look, she's been this way ever since she was in elementary school. She hasn't changed at all. And she like she keep like she comes in here and the she brings in a cat when she knows I can't have cats. I can't do this anymore. I need you to like I can't touch that cat. I need you to take that cat and get rid of it. I need you to take that cat and give it to a shelter, give it to someone else. It cannot be here. And um He's like, why should I have to do that for you? That doesn't make any sense. And she's just like, two years ago. And she pulls out a recorder. Two years ago, I recorded a fairly interesting conversation that happened on the floor below me, on the veranda. And he's just like, what? And she presses play. And it's him giving his, you know, uh, his uh, dark flame master speech on the veranda uh -huh. And he instantly gets embarrassed by it, and he tries to take it from her. And she flips over the couch with a one-hand stand to get away from him. Yeah. Just doing all these amazing moves to keep this thing away from him the entire time, increasing the volume to make him hate it more and more and more. And we get, like, these awesome shots of him just suffering and screaming, trying his hardest to make sure nobody hears this. Dying of shame. <laughs> in, front of, dying in front of, of his shame, new friend. In front of his new friend, Kumin. And Kumin thinks this is awesome. She loves this. Like she, she, She's kind of sweet and naive. Uh, but she's just like, that's so cool. You know, just... Uh, and he's like, no, no, it's not. It's awful. It's terrible. Don't drug, drudge this up again. And like, you see these awesome shots of him and it, where it, yeah, he he's drawn a completely different art style. Yes. Yes, they do. It's incredible. Uh, but he... Uh, he gives up. Now, I I want to say gives up. I want to say that there's a there's a scene that connects the two, and I want to say that that scene was Rika, upon being confronted about Chimera, mm -hmm. jumps out her own window and into the and into the uh, down the rope and down to the floor below, and Toka follows suit. Holding a ladle, heading right down for her as well, and then and then a part of the duel takes place on Yuta's bed. Yeah, and that's when and, and then duel. and then Rika gets the idea of doing the slow motion run up oh, his yeah. little bookcase, uh -huh, uh -huh. which breaks the plywood on the top shelf a little bit. It's like ah, and this then is a wall I must break through. The air, Hits her head on his lamp and is out cold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and while she's out cold is when this conversation happens. That's why Rika wasn't involved in the blackmailing conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, so she says, I have a hobby of making videos out of things like this. And posting them on social and media. And posting them on social media or, you know, something like that. And uh, he's like, okay, I understand. And then Toka goes and checks on um, on Rika. Yuta sees his chant. Well, and sh she's like, darn that girl, she ran away again. And, like, the room's empty. Yuta sees his chance. He Try to steal the... Uh... 
he takes and he takes the recorder and runs. And so he is caught up with Rika. He, Rika, and Kumin are all running. Kumin's just got this big smile on her face because she's just having the time of her life right now. It's like all a horror movie. Run, this is fantastic. Running from uh from Toka, oh, Toka. Who's, who's following behind them in high heels. <laughs> and so with they her ladle out. And so they go they go and hide behind some kind of stone arch that's I think like a bridge or something in a park. And yeah. Uh what was her yeah. name? The uh the, the short haired brunette, the friend? Kumin. Kumin. Oh no no no. Uh yeah, Kumin. Yeah, Kumin is absolutely loving all this and she sees a twinkle in the distance and she's pe- got her head like, peeked over. Oh, there's a twinkle over there. What's that? Bang. Yeah. She so she gets a ladle straight to the forehead and she's out. Uh-huh. And so they're running again and he's got and uh Yuta's got Rika or Yuta's got Kumin on his back and they just keep running. Um and finally they get to this little park. Um and they're hiding in at the top of the slide. And uh Rika's just like, no, this is I have to fight her. I have to I have to stand up against her. And so she goes down there and they have this super over the top battle where they're but like she and her sister and it's obviously it's all in uh Rika's it, head. The, the the one of the great running gags of this series and one it's one of the reasons to watch it is Rika's imagination turning this into pure action fan service anime. Uh-huh. Mhm. And so this battle between her with an umbrella and her sister with a ladle turns into what? Well, you're the one who wrote it down, so I was going to let you talk about it. If you it, want is, it. it is an incredible, epic battle of superpowers and weapons that are bigger than the people wielding them. But still retain the same, you know, you can kind of tell that this was inspired by an umbrella and the other thing was inspired by a ladle. Uh-huh. And in the meantime, and then and it cuts and back to reality. And, and energy and powers are going back and forth and blocks and explosions mm. and it's everything you expect out of anime and like buildings are blowing up around them and then cut to and then after like five minutes of this cut to rika trying to come at uh toka with her umbrella and toka is just very easily nonchalantly in fact parrying all of her attacks and bonking her on the head when possible mm-hmm. yeah and eventually she just you know Cuts to reality, and it's just like, you know, Rika's just like, you know, randomly stabbing this umbrella out, and her sister's just like, eventually just has has enough of it, and knocks her out cold with the... Uh, uh, well, eventually all three of them are... Not, not doesn't knock her out cold, just like hits her on the head, and uh, they uh, end up on their knees, um, all three of them now with bangs on their head, and she gives them bandages. Um, and yeah, that's... Uh, that's episode uh that's episode two. And episode two ends with a little title card that says that the friend finds her cat. Yeah, the friend is like the friend eventually found her cat, you know. Yeah. So all's well. And they <clears throat> yep. found a home for the chimera. No, that's right. The home for the chimera is Utah's place because Utah brought oh, home. Oh, that's a right, that's how it ended. Yeah. And the uh and his mom and little sister like, absolutely adore it. He, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's about to, he's about to go to bed, and then that's right, and he's suddenly, he's, he hears a meow, and he sees that Chimera's on his balcony, 
yeah. and he looks up and he sees the rope dangling from above. Um, and so he's just like, hey, mom, I picked up a stray cat. What? What? That's sudden. And then the little sister's like, oh, he's so cute. So, yeah, they uh, Chimera ends up. That's how the episode ends. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Chimera ends up in his home. Um, <clears throat> anyways, episode. So episode. Yeah. Episode three. Mm-hmm. Episode three starts with a demonstration. Uh, I want to say no. No, does it start with the demonstration or does it start with uh, Sane um, trying to get involved? Or Sane later? Sane's in the later half of the episode. That's right. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, she's she's in the later half of the episode. She gets called and we don't see her until. I guess we kind of see her outline at first. Yeah, but we don't see see her her outline and she says the word death or something and it's like very dramatic. And And she just has, and she's got these super long. uh, pigtails. pigtails, right? Yeah, super yeah. long pigtails that are weighted at the bottom to help keep the hair down. Yeah, something's going uh, on. Something. But anyway, anyway. The, the the episode three does start with uh, a karate demonstration as the school is introducing various clubs to get people interested in to get the freshman class interested in joining clubs. Uh huh. Because it's it's been a month since school started. Like the first episode is first day of school. Second episode is two weeks into school. Third episode is a month into school, and clubs uh-huh. are starting. Is is how each episode is uh, mm-hmm. introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, and clubs are starting. And while the karate club is giving their presentation, Makoto, the friend who's been behind um, Utah this whole time, wants to join the Kaon Club. The light music club because like oh are you interested in music Pfft, no then why do you want to get in the light music club because electric guitars get girls man yeah pretty much he, he just <laughs> has this fantasy of having a girl on each arm and girls in the background swooning over him mm-hmm. that he doesn't even notice it's like, in a month i'll have a girlfriend and then i'll after that i'll just have girls following me around that i don't even notice it's gonna be great yeah, that's that's his plan in life is to play the guitar and get it easy and have an easy life. Uh. <clears throat> yeah. Uh but yeah, but yeah, that's that's his club idea. And then uh Utah has a piece of paper tossed at him. Uh-huh. And he opens it up and it's a note from Rika informing him. Meet me at the rendezvous point by the gravestone with the uh, w- with the wilted flower. And he writes back, there's no such place. And I like how they pass notes in this uh, auditorium that they're in, or like the gym that they're in. He takes over a band and he folds the paper back up and pulls the fa- the paper across uh, against the rubber band and lets go. Yep. And we get this cool slow motion shot where it's going towards Rika and, and she she's trying to close her fi- and she's trying to do something really cool and just close her fingers around it, but she closes it too late and ah! <laughs> it's her right in her bandaged eye. It's her right in her bandaged eye. Ah! And and that's kind of that's kind of the entirety of the show in one shot. Uh huh. Is her thinking she's cool and failing? Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh. And. And that that is again another popular gif on social media of her just mm-hmm. missing that uh okay something I wrote early on uh, was how I didn't really enjoy 
the uh, the opening credits for season one. Ugh, I mean, yeah, when we've got we have big screens, and the the part of the format of the opening credits is that, um, it, yeah, it flashes back and forth on either side. Like here's one shot, and here's one shot as it's progressing. Then here's a loop, and another shot, and it progresses a little more, and a loop, and it just goes back and forth like a strobe, and it's it it's was distracting. It's, it's bad. Not, it was bad. It was, it was bad. bad. Uh-huh. However, like, it was during that sequence that one of the greatest memes uh, in anime was created. Is that during that sequence that you get both sides at the same time? You get Rika in her bandaged eye doing the oh, doing I, the I, spin. I, I caught because well, there's that, and then it follows up with like her hip bounce as uh-huh. she like jumps across. Yeah, um, I saw that part, but I guess I was just trying to ignore as much of the opening as I could, just because it was so hard to watch. Um, that I didn't yeah. see her do that. Yeah, that's that's where that is. And I recently shared a gif of somebody converting that into uh-huh. uh, Komi-san. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, which, which is great. Which you which you squeed at. Yeah, because it's adorable and it's Komi-san. It's uh, Komi-san. Anyways, uh, and is deserving of squee. And when I was like, when I was watching season two on accident i was like what are you talking about strobe effect this opening is amazing it's the same four girls in the opening of season one uh-huh. but they're playing around with like magic circles and part of it rika is hula hooping with a magic circle <laughs> and it was absolutely adorable and i was like that's awesome yeah no it uh anyways so it gets better uh-huh so keep up with the show and it gets better mm-hmm. okay uh. <clears throat> and so uh Okay. <laughs> yeah, so the note slips past her fingers and then it cuts to the two of them meeting uh the two of them being Yuta and Rika, the main boy and the girl with the eye patch, uh-huh. meeting by a tree, by a stone or something in the schoolyard. And he's like um and, and she tell and she ineffectively attempts to tell him that she wants to start a club with him. By saying things like we need a base of operations to help fight the evil overlord or some something. Mm-hmm. Uh whatever her fantasy was. She wants about... to name it like the the East uh Far the East Far Mag- East Magical Research. Society. Yeah. Yeah. Far East Magical Research right. Society or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. A good name for it. And he's just like, Okay, well, you have fun with that, and he just walks off. Yeah. It's like, okay, fine. Fine. You can be president and I'll be vice president. That's not even what the problem here is. That's not, that's not, that's not what the problem is. <laughs> anyway, so she sets up base to try to get people to join her club, and mm-hmm. nobody's coming. And she starts threatening people with her... Uh... Gosh. With She's, her umbrella. With her studio. Yeah, with her umbrella. And so, and that's just good. And that's like, that's even worse. Sorry. Mm-hmm. She's an idiot. Just yep. keep going. And then suddenly sitting at a desk right next to them is their friend from the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, this uh, in this episode we also learned that this is where we learned that Toka is a is a chef. Um, because they as they're having lunch, uh it's pointed out that Rika's always got these great, delicious looking bentos. Oh, that's right, the bento scene. And she tries to she's convinced that anything the color red is uh, uh the red is, color poi- is poisonous 
it's the red fruits that she's convinced her, convinced her poisonous. So she sets them aside, and then she's just like, Ugh, the rice has been infected. And so she cuts the rice out with that, has tomato juice on it. She's like, here, you can eat this. She's like, fine, I'll eat it. That's fine. And, she and so she puts her chopsticks feeds in his mouth. directly with her chopsticks. And the entire class goes, oh, thinking that means that they're a couple. Yeah. And they're so happy for them. They already hit it off that quickly. And of course, who sees them and is clapping, but, you know, the girl that he likes as well, Nibutani. Nibutani. But as they're out trying to get club members, um, he notices Nibutani in a cheerleading outfit. Well, this is, the, no, before that, before she, he notices uh -huh. her in the cheerleading outfit is when the friend shows up, the, who was missing the cat in the previous episode. Oh, yeah. And, she's and, she, said, the... and, and she sets up a desk next to them and decides she wants to have her own club, too, and pulls out this green pillow and takes a nap on it. Well, this is I want to, the, like, I want to join the napping club with her. This is her second year trying to make a, the napping club. She tried it when she was a freshman. Yeah. Now, I guess we should probably say first year, because that's what they say in the in the anime. They don't technically have freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors so like she, we do. So, this is so her second year when she was a first year, her second year of school, this is her second attempt. And she's like, oh, and I'm going to go ahead and have a dream where I'm, I'm going to go ahead and have a dream where I'm walking through a field. And she pulls out a green uh, pillow and just falls asleep on it immediately. On and she starts talking in her sleep about being in the field. He's like, and you just, just like, well, it, it that, works. That works. She's <laughs> having a dream in the field. But then he notices uh, Nibutani and a couple uh, other girls in, um, in uh, cheerleading outfits. And he walks up to them. And he's just uh, he he says, "Hey, I need to go to the bathroom." And he obviously he wants to see her because he's got this big crush on her. Yeah. And he sees her and a couple other girls and a bunch of guys from their same class because they not. This is when we learned that yeah. she won the best girl uh, yeah, so, in so, their class. So the layout is she's in the gym and she's um, auditioning with a bunch of other girls to join the cheerleading squad. And he's standing at the door, and then suddenly all the guys in the class are also standing at the door. Uh-huh. And that, yeah. Just peeping. And then she looks over and she waves at him and he waves back. At, uh, she uh, she waves at Yuta specifically. and the, Which makes all of the other guys insanely jealous. Like, well, our eyes just happened to meet. Yeah. yeah. They don't believe that in the slightest. They do not believe that in the slightest. Yeah. Um, and then he notices uh, that uh, that Rika is out there as well. Yeah, Rika suddenly made it into a cheerleading uniform in the time it took. Mm -hmm. And he's surprised by it. And then it, uh, Kumin says, oh, she said that she really wanted to try it out no matter no matter what. Um, <clears throat> and they try to do a jump with her where they, 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 they toss her up in the air. And she's just terrified of it. Like <laughs> She's completely terrified. She, she's she tells them, I once leaped off a skyscraper and flew when to When I was the learning earth. to master the winds or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's that that's great. And so like they they just don't understand what's going on with her. Um, so they then end up trying to they end up back outside trying to get more members. And that's when Rika's just like, it's an emergency, but I need to make this call. And she makes a call and she's just like Wait, well before she does that, there is also another scene where they run into the mm -hmm. drama club. Oh, yeah, the drama club scene. You go ahead and talk about that. Okay, so what happens is the drama club. Um, so, so it's a, it's a gymnasium. It's a multi-purpose. It's a multicultural room. So you have your gymnasium area, but it's also there's a stage area on the side 
So it it doubles as um, a lot of schools have this, where the gymnasium becomes the uh, the assembly hall, and there there's a stage on the side. So while the cheerleaders are practicing, the the stage section is being run by the drama club, and the drama club is running an improv uh, trial where two people are trying to convince each other to let the other one pass. And and so people are coming up with sob stories and please, if I don't get onto this plane and tell them how I feel, I'll never see him again. And um, and that's where Rika decides that she needs to find out how to do that. She needs to do this. And so somebody pours out. A, so this girl pours out a full sob story about how what's going on. And uh, Rika dismisses it in two words, just like boring. Uh-huh. Or something like that. Just, oh, yeah, no. The girl's like, please, I have to get to the airport. Please, I if I don't get there, then I won't be able to tell him that I love him and I'll never see him again. And she's just like, rejected. And the, girl's, the other girl's just like, what? Huh? <laughs> and because she broke character, Rika wins. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the, the next person... Like, the teacher's yeah. just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> point for this person yeah and then uh, the next and then she challenges the next person and uh he, he says something to some sort of dramatic effect and then she blasts imaginary lasers at him mm-hmm. and he and he he doesn't know what to do and so she well, wins no, like, again yeah and the third person is ready for her strategy uh-huh. and like he ta- he takes the shot and then yeah and then throws something back at her and then they just go back and forth in character. Uh, I didn't expect a, I didn't expect a light user to be here and like she starts attacking him again and, and then she and then she does like a a slide kick towards his feet which he jumps over and she ends up on the other side of him and she goes does that mean I win? Bonk, <laughs> karate yep. chop to the head. We forgot which, to mention which, that she has uh, wheels on the bottom of her her normal yeah, she has normal wheels. shoes. And it's it's so she can be so mobile and active and just fast. And he's like, you're you're like you're like a little kid. No, I'm agile. <laughs> but there's, there's a couple of out, scenes uh... where the two of them are walking home together, and she's just holding onto his bag as yeah. she's wheeling along behind him. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. That, that scene happened. It reminded that her wheelies actually reminded me that apparently Penny Parker in. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse also has wheelies and tra- and uh, traverses scenes. Oh, too. Help I with don't, I her don't too. know if I I don't know if I noticed that. I'll have to watch that again. Anyways, um Yeah, so she has heelys like that. Um and then also that entire exchange reminded me of a scene I recently saw which was from uh, um Full Metal Panic Fumofu when the main character is trying to take over a dojo and so there's this Gosh. triplets of beefy guys and like if you can beat, like, um, if you can beat even one of us in hand-to-hand combat, then the dojo is yours because we will. Each one of us can beat you. Says, all right, I pick you. All right, first person to come up to him comes out for a charge. He pulls out a pulls out a. Uh, oh no 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 no! So launcher and shoots it at the guy's face. He doesn't give them the dojo. It's that he's got to get three past these three guys to get to the girl. I can't remember what her name is right now, but the but the main girl in in Full Metal Panic. Yeah, it was, it was um, 
uh, the point is he keeps cheating and she keeps whacking him with the uh the fan yeah everyone like like i beat him with my bare hands you tossed a grenade at him but i didn't pull the pin i didn't pull the pin <laughs> like she tosses a grenade he tosses a grenade and then he decks the guy as he's freaking out i didn't pull the pin well he takes him down it's with like, a high kick and then starts punching him in the yeah. groin keep him down every single one of them he punches him in the groin to keep him down because it's the fastest way to win a fight and that's what he's trained to do <laughs> just, he is a, not a nice man no no he's not he's not but it was great about the and yeah so full metal panic fumofu go watch that too which is another Kyoani production. Yeah. All right. So, because they're not getting enough. Okay. So, Shidori, that, that's her name. So, she doesn't join the drama club and she still wants to join the, uh, the Far East Magical Research Society. But, mm. well, it's now, it's because they merged with, the, with their senpai. It's now the they they renamed it the Far East Magical Napping Society because that way they now have three potential members instead of just two. <laughs> so they go to a teacher. They go to a teacher with um. Uh, they go to a teacher. So they need five. They, they need so many members to join. They call. This is when they call. Remember. Yeah, they're out there right, again, right. and then they call. They, they need a fourth. They need five people to make the club, according to this. She movie. pulls out her black bedazzled cell phone, and she calls and says, "Yes, it's me. It's time for the something, something, something." It's time for yada yada yada. And uh, <laughs> Toko's like, "You, you just said yada yada yada. That means you know you're pretending." <laughs> And uh, we then, the next day, we, <laughs> Yuta's having another dream about, uh, about Nibutani. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a fairly more lewd one. Uh, but this way, at this time, you know, obviously right from the start that it's a dream because it's just like still shots of her casually running towards him. And then he wakes up to see this new girl, the girl we saw at the opening of this episode, sitting on top of him yeah. and uh she sits he on top really, of him he really needs to lock his window he needs to lock his window and she sits on top of him and she takes her two massively long pigtails and starts spinning them around her head he then grabs her grabs her hair and ties her to his bed by her hair and he's like great who are you and what are you doing in my room yeah she she as as she was spinning him around to attack him she she declared that she was like Mjolnir. Thor with the power holding Mjolnir in her hair. Uh huh. <laughs> and he just grabs her and ties her up and forces her to, uh, you know, reveal who she is. She and it's revealed that she is. Uh, her name is like, Sonic. Okay, okay, <clears throat> okay, okay. I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Okay, please just untie me. Please just untie me from the bed. And then what happens? Okay, so she reveals that she's Sane. <sighs> and she prepares to attack, and, and a conversation doesn't go well, and then she prepares to attack him. And she starts spinning her hair around and spinning herself around in this great big attack, and then eventually she actually ties herself up in her own hair. Yep. <laughs> she spins, and the hair just spins all around her, and she falls down on the floor, and the next bit, it's 
Utah, Rika, and Sanai all on their knees in his room, and she's still tied up by her hair as uh-huh. she's kneeling on the ground. And Rika says that, yes, she's, uh, you know, uh, we met, uh, I forget how, what she says, but Utah interprets it as, oh, so she's your internet friend. Yeah, you know, we, we, we met on she, the electric ocean. We met on the electric on the electric ocean. Oh, so she's your internet friend, you know. And Sanaya is just like, uh, oh yes, and uh, my great master here revealed that in many of my previous lives, I had always been her servant, and so here I am again to be her servant. <clears throat> yeah, and so the four of them go, and like she is a middle schooler still. She's the, third year middle the schooler. Four of them and the cat. Go to talk to a mm-hmm. teacher named Nana <coughs> well, about starting the Far East Magical Napping Society. She's a middle schooler, but she is that, like, the high school and the middle school are joined at that place. Um, so she can still technically, they can still technically create the club because they need to be a student of that of that school in order to make the club. And so they have four of them, but they need five, so they bring Chimera. You bring Chimera the cat. And the teacher's just like, oh, well, he's he's adorable, but he needs to be a student. I'm sorry, it doesn't work. You need five people. And what does Rika do? Rika pretends to be possessed by a spirit called Catherine that speaks English. And says that, uh, that she counts as a person. To, Rika says that they are haunted by a spirit <clears throat> named Catherine, and she should count as a... Uh, a uh, someone too, and she mm-hmm. pretends to be possessed by her, and then starts speaking in English mm-hmm. poorly. And then Nana, very poorly. And then, like the whole time, the whole time, Yuta's like, she's not going to buy it. And then Nana starts talking to her. She bought it. And then Nana proceeds <laughs> to ask her questions, like, "What do you think of Rika?" It turns out Nana is the English teacher of the school. <laughs> She knows, so she's speaking in pretty darn good English, uh, asking questions <laughs> ja- that require Japanese very specific is, answers. Japanese <laughs> is okay, <laughs> and, and so yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so oh, nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. So, uh, what do you think of Rika? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a long form questions yeah. asking for long form answers, and she says. Yes. Huh? Yes. Huh? What do you think, Rika? Uh, uh, and then yes. she pretends. And then she pretends that, that the uh, the spirit, the spirit has her. the spirit has left her. And the teacher's like, mm, okay, well, regardless, you're going to need five people. <laughs> but but she works out a deal with them where if they clean the this old building, they can they can form a club, and so they go. Preliminarily form a club and just get that started, and then they have a certain deadline until they have they to get find a, a fifth, get a fifth, a fifth member. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and so they're they're sent to go clean this uh, this secondary building that I don't know what it was ever used for because there is a slide attached to the second story uh-huh. on the outside. They go in and it's completely filthy. And while in there, Rika. And Sane, while holding brooms, say, well, Sane goes, and now it is time to determine once again whether or not you are worthy to be my master. 
And so they'd have another So they have an epic they have another epic duel. And their brooms become these battle axes of, of Oh yeah. Sanai uh, makes this massive hammer and then you know uh Rika, she once again forms her her black whatever that thing is, massive sword like club whatever. I have no idea what to call it. And they have this massive battle in their head in, in their imagination, and Sanaya strikes and uh Rika pushes her back, and then finally they start like spinning towards each other to attack, and it cuts back to reality, and they're rolling across the floor at each other and just giggling as their sort as their brooms clack as against each other. Brooms against each other. It's fantastic. It's, it's a great shot. It's a wonderful shot. Um <laughs> well like and then and so the only people cleaning are Yuta and the friend. I can't uh-huh. never What's her, what is her name? Kumi. The entire reason that I remember it is because in a bit in episode in season two, um, for reasons I, I won't go into. Um, the fact that her name is a spice? Yes. Well, they, uh, Utah and Rika go shopping together. Uh-huh. And, and Utah or uh, Rika finds the cumin spice and talks about how awesome it is and just, you know, starts bringing it up. And he's just like, no, we don't need cumin. He's like, you hate cumin? No, no, cumin is fine. It's just that we don't use it in our curry. So the entire reason I remember her name is because <laughs> of that because, exchange cur- that happened in season two. Okay. okay. That I accidentally watched. That's hilarious. Anyway, uh, uh, so, so only only Yuta and Kumin were cleaning, and so Nana's like, "Well, that sure took a while." Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there was more to it. <laughs> well, well, that must have been a lot dirtier than I thought it was. That took you a long time to clean it. No, no, it's because we didn't have all the help we needed. And as he chops her again, <laughs> that's because of these two. But he's like, "Okay, we so they go ahead and club, but." For whatever reason, Yuta's there, and he's it's like, just "Well, good luck finding he's going more, to be joining yeah. the club." Good luck finding two more members, and they're like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" Yeah, no, I'm, I never said I was going to join your club. But no, no, we need you in the club. We need you. And at the at the last moment, we find out that the brunette that he's really keen on, who had been watching them and noticing them fall, forming their own club, decided she didn't want to be a cheerleader and filled out an application to join their club. Yep. Um, because she and so, to be and so the four of them, so the four of them, um, well, we Kumin, see Kumin, Rika, Sane, and who's the uh, the girl he's interested in? Nibutani. Nibutani are the four girls that are featured in the in, in the closing credits, all sitting around some somewhere as if they were in a club room. Mm-hmm. How the opening credit is how the closing credits start. So those are the four girls that cu- that mm-hmm. are the most prominent in the opening yeah. mm-hmm. credits. They're the four main the four main girls. Um, yeah. But uh, we we uh, they're trying to convince them to join, and uh, this is on their way home at night. This is before Nibutani has filled out the application for the club. Um, she uh, she. Uh, it's outside the school and they're all going their separate ways. And Yuta's just like, no, I don't, I don't want to join this club. I'm not going to join it. And Sanaya pulls out this book that she got from this person online. Right, the book. And the she book. reads the book and she's like, no, actually you have to join us. Cause it says right here that da, 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 da. And he's like, what is that? Oh, I got this book from summer. Uh, what's the person's name? Um, from, uh, 
from Maury Summer, this uh, who has this incredible website uh, called uh, Mabi Nogori. No, 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 I'm not going to bother trying uh, Mabi Nogion or something like that. And uh, she's talking about this book and how great it is and how, like, you know, it's just filled with so many incredible things. And the camera pans back and you see Nibutani watching them from the distance. Yes, that's when she. Mm -hmm. That's when. That's when she's watching them and watching um, them form a club. And that's when. And she's like, "Your clubs." And the next day, she's like, "Look, I joined your club. I can't wait to, you know, have activities with you. It's going to be so much fun." And he's like, "What?" What? And that's what convinces him to join the club is because Nibutani joined it. Yes. <laughs> so uh, now there was a scene. I can't remember which episode it was in, but there was uh -huh. a scene where Nibutani and Yuta are alone in a science lab room. Episode. And Two, I want to and, say, uh, and because she's the class pre class rep, she's been voted class rep, and he was voted um, vice rep. Like, vice rep. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so the two of them are in charge of counting beakers and just making sure that the uh, the science mm -hmm. lab is fully stocked. And so they're doing that. And in a scene that makes you wonder whether or not he's going to break a beaker, because she starts talking things about. Um, she starts talking about how she watched him and how she remembered him from the train station and uh -huh. how how she's been keeping an eye on him. It's like, why are you watching me? Is, is there something about me that you like? Or is, is these things going through his head and he can't hold the tray still? Um, but he but he safely puts the tray in the uh, in 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 the cupboard, closes the cupboard, and see and is point blank away from one of the. Uh, Models, one of the giant, uh, one of the uh, uh the, the school fig, uh, human anatomy figures with the removable organs. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, but and... that, but it's, but it's not like on a table somewhere, it's right there behind the cupboard where it's not supposed to be. And he falls back, and we find out that <laughs> Rika is holding up and hi holding it up and hiding behind it, behind the cupboard, listening in on them. While she's wearing a teacher's lab coat, the lab coat. Yes. And she yes, starts she talking is. about, and yeah, because she's talking about how um, she doesn't have the po magical power needed to sustain um, Chimera here. And so she needed to get a mundane human things to sustain him. He's like, put that medicine back in the cabinet. You can't have it. Yes. Yes, that was a. Uh... And it's at that time where he starts, you know, yelling at her and trying and rebuking her that. Uh... That the other girl starts think, seeing the two of them and how familiar they are with each other. And how close but, they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. That she starts to think she doesn't have a chance. And, and then there's that whole, you know, take that off. Take it off? <laughs> She's all pretending to be looted or something. Oh, like, yeah, like, yeah. Rika's, cut uh, that out. And, yeah. And stop doing that to the medicine. Yeah. Yuta's just like, take that off, referring to the lab coat. And she's like, take it off? And he's like, yes, take it off. Take it off? Don't, I don't mean it like that. Take off that lab coat. And stop doing that with the medicine. Yeah. And she's just like sitting there, you know, just, kind of spinning her finger kind of, kind of shyly. Are yeah. you sure this is what you want? Yeah. But anyways, this, this show's great. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, and I, uh, I would like to watch more of it. I think it'd be a fun one to sit down and just kind of uh, relax to unwind to so far. Um, doesn't seem to be there's very high stakes in it. Uh, it just seems to be, you know, there's a relaxing kind of slice of life anime with a bunch of silly Chun Chunibyo stuff going on. Yep. Uh, yeah. 
So it's basically an excuse to have amazing animation without a whole lot of stakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, next week, uh, we were originally only planning four, uh, but it turns out there are five Fridays in this month. So we're going to be doing a fifth week of Any Month. Yes, um, so next week, we're going to be watching one of my favorite KyoAni shows, Nichi um, Joe, My Ordinary Life. This yeah. show is based off of a four coma um, ma- manga, uh, a four panel comma for those of you who don't know what a coma is. Um, yeah, they're they're like Sunday comic strips from the, from days uh-huh. of yore. Yeah, but uh, but they're verti- they're uh, stacked vertically. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just four panels, and uh-huh. so three for a setup and one for the punchline. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's a very very fun show. I was thinking about this or Lucky Star, but I was just like, you know what? I want to watch Nichi Joe. Um, but uh. So I'll go ahead and read the description. This description is from Funimation's website. And we can watch, you can watch the first four episodes for free on Funimation.com. From the creators of Kaon and Lucky Star comes a slice of life series packed with absurd antics and hilarious high school predicaments. Follow the adventures of three ordinary girls as they make life's awkward moments a thousand times worse. Along with a colorful bunch of classmates, they learn their most important lessons the hard way. Like whether goats are an appropriate form of transportation, who will win in a wrestling match between the principal and a deer, which is hilarious, by the way. That's I've, this I've anime. Seen that, I've seen that yeah. gif. I've, That's I've, this anime. Okay, gif. it's amazing. And most notably, if the three-second rule applies to weenies that fly through mohawks, wieners like little. I know, I know, I know. there's a there's a kid who has a, a mohawk. And he keeps getting in trouble with teachers who don't know him because they're like, you can't have that hair here at school. Is that you can't grow your hair like that. And he's like, but it grows naturally this way. And like, he keeps, they keep trying to do other things with his hair and his hair is just a natural mohawk. It doesn't grow anywhere else. Oh, wow. Uh, anyways, oh, that, reminds, uh, that reminds me of that scene where best genist tried to get uh, Bakugo's hair to behave itself. Yes. And it took a long time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh, Meanwhile, down the street, a pocket-sized professor makes life difficult for a robot who just wants to be normal. But normal is the last thing you expect in a town where salmon falls from the sky. In fact, the only thing you can count on is, is your friends. But even they are totally weird. Nichi Joe is a delight. I had <laughs> so many laughs the first time I watched this show. Um, I actually have it on, I think, Blu-ray. Um, when it, like I, As soon as it was available for pre-order, I pre-ordered it. Um, and you can watch it, and we're, but we can also stream it on on um, Funimation's website. Mm-hmm. Funimation. Yep. So yeah, so we're going to be watching that for next week. Uh, next up, let's go ahead and move on to recommendation of the week. That's your yep. pick. And this pick uh, this week, in honor of Kyoani Month, we're going to pick another uh, Kyoani production that uh, is not going to be featured in one of our reviews because we've already watched all of it. Is uh, Myriad Colors Phantom World. Mm-hmm. And so in this anime, there is uh, there are these phantoms that exist that need to be uh, dealt with or exterminated, uh, hunted down, and uh, allowed to cross over or something. This, these little creatures that uh, affect the way the world works. And so we have these characters, and so our characters are, I think, kind of bad at their job when it comes to trying to take care of these things, as I recall. Um so they're high school students 
that uh, have the adequate powers necessary to hunt these things down, but they're not necessarily very good at it. Like one of them, his power is that he can he, anything he draws, and then he then if he bleeds on the paper, that that drawing comes to life and becomes an avatar that uh, he, he can, can control use to uh, mm-hmm. to help him fight. But it takes him forever to draw something cool. Uh huh. And so by that time, something <clears throat> weird happens. Yeah, uh, there's. I don't remember exactly what the main girl's power was. I do remember that there was another a cute little short girl whose power was that her eternal hunger turned her uh, mouth into a vacuum that could suck up all these uh, yeah uh-huh. these things. But she's also a hyper polite uh, child that um, doesn't want to impose doesn't doesn't it, like. It comes from a family who would be embarrassed to take her to an all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh-huh. That that level of propriety that she yeah. comes from. Um, uh, I also uh, remember a, a red-headed girl who is a bit standoffish and always wearing headphones. Yep. Uh, there is... Um, yeah, there's also... Uh, I just pulled up the wiki for it. There's, there's the blonde who... Uh, I don't remember what her powers are other than having really, really big breasts because there was that one episode. Couldn't she? Couldn't she no, no, it was it was the one with the headphones that could scream them away. Yeah. yeah um, her, her power was her voice. But she was always always very quiet around other people, and she seemed standoffish and aloof. Oh, uh, hers, hers are based off of... Um, Okay, yeah, uh, hers are hers were based off of the elements. Mai is the one who's based off the elements, uh-huh. um, and she. Um, but there's just that one absurd episode where they have to outdance those totem spirits. Oh yeah, they, they have they, to. They do... have to uh, they, so th- this one has made the rounds in terms of memes. Um, is that they have to out limbo uh, these uh, possessed uh, telephone poles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so and it's it was a gift for a little while uh, you could probably still find it but first of all boobs don't work this way they just no. don't but she bounced up and down in time and like she's gonna lose she's gonna lose and we're all gonna we're all gonna fail because everyone had, else had failed to that point except for my yeah and but she gets up and she starts bouncing until she gets her boobs to shift up and down until they're flat enough for her to just squeeze underneath the pole at the right moment. It's and the most a, absurd thing I've ever seen. And there's a gif of a guy attempting the same thing with two yellow balloons strapped to his chest. Making fun of the situation. Yep, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't but, work but, that way. But I think some of the best part of that show is that there was there's like something on the roof that needed to be dealt with. And uh-huh. if they ever dealt with if they ever if they, they needed to like dance in sync perfectly to deal with this thing. And if they, if anybody messed up, they'd all get sprayed with stink spray. Mm-hmm. And then they all had to go to the showers and, uh, and wash Yeah, that's right. And they had to become an idol group in order to defeat that one. That was a, that was a real fun episode. Yeah, that was a real fun episode. But yeah, anyways, uh, it's on Crunchyroll. So if you guys want to go ahead and watch it, that's where you can see it. That's great. Uh, next Lots up. Next up is the creator shout out, and it's my turn this week. And I want to go ahead and give a shout out to an artist that I actually bookmarked a little while ago, but never had a chance to really uh, talk about her, uh, Kaisei, um, or sorry, Kaisel. My bad, Kaisel. It looked like an eye on my monitor for a moment. Uh, real name Carolina Alvarez. Um, uh, I, there was a Facebook link to one of her pages, but her page um, 
Oh, excuse me. But the page didn't exist for some reason. Uh, anyways, uh, she, uh, you find her on Twitter, you can find her on DeviantArt. And she's just got this incredible art style that just is warm and uh, and just colorful. Um, I was very, very, very much impressed with the work of hers that I saw. Once again, I, I came across a page where somebody had put her art up on Imgur and said who it was for. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, go ahead and check this person's art out if you haven't done so yet. Oh. All right. Yeah, I'm checking out her uh, her DeviantArt page right now, and it is... It is quite nice. Yeah, she's got a real nice style. I, re I really enjoy it. Uh, anyways, um, that's it for another week. Thank you so much for listening in, you guys. If you listened in on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel with your friends. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference, and if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right, well, that's it for another week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And you guys have a great week.